Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, this is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, April the twentieth, and welcome to our commentary. Just a uh, heads up: I hope you uh, you have the opportunity to watch the video that we did on Wednesday uh, with Leslie Eastman of Legal Insurrection. We got into a lot of stories. Leslie is uh, does a lot of the COVID work uh, at Legal Insurrection, where she writes a great deal about COVID. And, uh, you know, all these stories about uh, COVID coming from a lab and so on. So she writes a lot about that. And uh, we, she mentioned a couple of things on our video yesterday. So check it out. It's available uh, in our blog or here in this page. Uh, just check it out because I think you're going to enjoy it a great deal. Leslie is a, a very eloquent person as well as a heck of a good writer over at Legal Insurrection. And if you haven't checked out Legal Insurrection, you should. It's one of the one of the very best uh, websites uh, in the country. Well, I've got a post uh, coming out uh, Friday morning about Title 42. Title 42, of course, is uh, the statue or whatever it was uh, that was put in place during COVID to restrict people from coming into the United States because of health reasons. It was all because of COVID. That particular title, 42, will expire in the middle of May. And the reason it's controversial is because a lot of people are on the other side of the border, meaning on the Mexican side of the border, as well as further south, coming north, anticipating that this, uh, the end of Title 42 will mean that they can now come into the United States. And it, it is, uh, to, to say the least, going to create quite a challenge for the border patrol and the people on the border, because even in Mexico, you have lots of people already basically ready. I mean, they're just like, okay, go, go on whenever it is. I believe that Article uh, or Title 42 will expire on May 11th. So that's, you know, less than a month from now. And they're expecting a lot of people to come up. Now, the Biden administration, as always, uh, is blaming Trump. That's all they know how to do. Blame Trump, blame Trump, blame Trump. And I assume they're going to blame Trump for this one, too. But the reality is that they've been running the show for two years. The border policy that we now have, the situation that we now have on the border, is the result of their handling of the border situation. You know, when they came in, when they came in, the border situation was much better. And that's because President uh, Trump had sat down with the government of Mexico and say they're going to remain in Mexico until, until they're until their court case came up. The net effect of that policy is that it discouraged people from coming up. There was no sense to come up because you were not going to be able to get in. So it was a lot better for people to wait their turn in their country or in another country before coming to the United States. That policy actually worked uh, pretty well, and it, it, it kept down some of the numbers of people coming up. When the Biden administration did away for, with that policy, then, of course, it pretty much opened the door. And we're seeing the consequences of that opening. That is, you know, five million people who've come in. And what are these people doing? Where are these people going to work? What kind of immigration status do they have? All of that is up in the air. Of course, there are children, too, who come in. What are you going to do with these children? Are you going to put them in school? I mean, it, it, it creates a situation 
that the country at the moment cannot handle because there's no country on earth that can open and just let people come in without any any sense of of uh, of a legal status or or whatever so title 42 uh yeah title 42 will end in the middle of may and what happens after that is anybody's guess there are people predicting a lot more chaos i happen to agree with that i think you're going to see a lot more chaos because that's what happens when you have this kind of crazy situation what you get is more chaos and you know the biden administration secretary mallorca was before the senate and the congress a couple of days ago doing these uh appearances that they do from time to time they don't seem to have an idea of what they're going to do i mean they say they do but you know i i think most people are betting that they're going to be caught off guard as they have been so far so it's a bad situation it's a very bad situation and you know in the post that i write i mentioned that the mexicans are starting to get angry with this because now you have all of these non-mexicans sitting in mexico waiting to come to the united states and you may have heard recently that there was a big fire in juarez where like 38 people were literally burned to death in one of these uh, stations where the the migrants are staying and the mexicans are getting angry about this because they're holding on to these people and they're blaming the united states they're saying hey you've created this mess and you've put us in in this mess so it's not pretty it's not pretty what's happening and i guess it's not going to get any prettier on the 11th of may I, at least i would be very surprised if the biden administration has an idea or a plan with what to do about this upcoming avalanche of people who are going to be coming uh, to the united states speaking of mexico i have a post over at the american thinker today where i i talk about something that is happening in mexico the president of mexico as you know we've talked about him uh, on several occasions he is a very authoritarian kind of president he is kind of likes to get his own way and he doesn't like to care that much frankly about what other people have to say or the or the opposition and he's been putting on making some changes uh, we talked about the changes he wanted to make to the electoral uh the electrical the electoral commission in mexico and more recently here he wanted to make some changes with respect to the armed forces and the supreme court stopped him the mexican supreme court stopped him on an 8 to 3 or 8 to 2 vote and some of the members of the supreme court were very vocal in their opinions that uh lopez obrador president topless obrador uh was a threat to the constitution and you know look anybody looking at the situation in mexico president lopez obrador mentioned before is very authoritarian and uh it doesn't take a heck of a lot for mexico for the president of mexico to turn into chavez in venezuela remember chavez too and he kept grabbing more and more power and eventually became a dictator and that could happen in mexico uh that could very easily happen in mexico so the firewall to that kind of a of an authoritarian leader is in this case the Supreme Court in Mexico and that's what I'm hoping that the Supreme Court in Mexico will not only uh hold him accountable for or at least to to live within the constitution but that the people of Mexico understand that they have to have a president who who wants to live within the within the constitution we will see we will see what uh what develops i am 
you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think because Mexico, historically, Mexican courts have been, uh, let's just say, very submissive to presidential authority. So whether this is going to hold or not, I hope it does because I think it would be a, a very strong signal that Mexico, or at least the Mexican Supreme Court, is going to hold the president accountable. We hope so. We hope so. But uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess, over the next few days. There is a, already a story that he's angry with the Supreme Court. Well, of course he is, because he's angry with everybody who wants to get on his way. There was a big settlement yesterday between Fox News and Dominion. This goes back to the 2020 election. Dominion, I think they are the people who make these machines, the voting machines, and they were saying that Fox News was knowingly lying about the integrity of their machines. Uh, this whole thing was settled uh, before it got to the jury. I don't know much more about it because a lot of it has not been publicized. And two sides settle is because both sides feel that a settlement is better than going to the jury. That's usually why you settle. You don't settle if you think you've got a, a big chance of winning $1.6 billion from Fox News. Uh, look, I remember, I remember, and this is just as, a, as an observer, not a legal opinion, but just as an observer. I remember back in 2020, early 21, when a lot of people were going on Fox News and they were saying that there was a problem with the machines, that their votes were stolen, and so on and so on. And, uh, you know, I have to confess, I thought, uh, especially these mail-in ballots and stuff like that, were very irresponsible on the part of some states. But I think the big problem that uh, that many of us had is that these people kept saying, this is illegal, that's illegal, but they never had any evidence. And it's hard to win something if you don't have any evidence. So eventually, I guess, this went to the court. It's not the end of the world for Fox News. They're going to continue... Uh, they will continue getting their their three or four million people every night. Now, a lot of people in the media were very angry that Fox News settled uh, because I, I guess they wanted to see Fox News involved in a trial. Uh, there's an article and, uh, in the Wall Street Journal today basically telling the media, be careful what you wish for, because just like Fox News could be involved in, in, a, in this kind of a uh, accusation, other media, too, could also be involved someday. So I think for... Probably the best solution was the settlement. Uh, you may see some changes in Fox News. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. But the three or four million people who watch that network will continue to watch it. And uh, I don't think the ratings are going to look any different six months from now, frankly, than uh, than they do today. I, th I think Fox News will continue to dominate. Uh, MSNBC will continue to be the, the left-wing uh, network. And CNN will continue to be the network that nobody watches. And that's what I think uh, will be happening as we go on. Just a quick uh, reminder on this day in history. Back in 1980, on this day, the Marielle boat lift began. And roughly for the next 30 days, about 100,000 Cubans left Cuba, most of them by boat, ended up in Miami. 99% of these people ended up being very good citizens, like our friend uh, Marcos Nelson Suarez, who uh, went on to publish a newspaper here in the Texas area, as well as many others who were very successful. There were some problems with some of the some of the people who came, but they were a very, very small group. The larger group uh, was integrated quickly into the Miami community and, again, became uh, responsible and productive.
people in the United States. But this incident is very complex. And I have a podcast that I did with my friend Marcos Nelson Suarez. We did this back in 2018, I believe, uh, this podcast that I did with him. And we talked about it, and he shared his experience. He was one of the people who left, and he took us through some of the things that were happening in Cuba, like, you know, being at the Peruvian embassy like he was. I thought it was a fascinating interview, fascinating information from someone who was right there. So if you get a chance, I have it available in my blog and uh, also on Blog Talk Radio, and I put it up on Twitter. So however you follow me, you'll be able to uh, listen to it today. But it was just a great, you know, it was a great trip down memory lane about something that happened 43 years ago, but obviously had a tremendous impact on the lives of many people like, uh, like I say, our friend uh, Marcos Nelson Suarez. Uh, who was involved in in the whole thing. As he liked to say, as he likes to say, he was a Marielito, and that was the name that was given to all of those people who came over through Mariel. So catch the podcast. I think it's really really fascinating. Well, thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.